what's good, y'all? My name is Chris Shreve, a.k.a. C. Shreve the Professor. Welcome to another episode of Who Needs a Classroom podcast. I was tossing around topics for this week, and the current events have dominated uh, my and all of our hemisphere. Um, so I'm going to touch on two main topics. One will be the unfortunate and untimely passing of a rap icon of one of hip-hop's most revered pens and most amazing characters and most undeniably dope figures. Um, and by that I mean the MC, the great, the one and only MF Doom, a.k.a. Daniel Dumoulet, a.k.a. Zevlov X from KMD. So that's one topic for sure. But today, the day I'm recording it, happens to be whatever date it is today. Uh, it's Wednesday, but it's the date it'll go down in infamy because um, these idiots broke into the Capitol and Donald Trump continues to be a moron. So um, that's the other main topic. So I'm going to get to that one second because I'm a hip-hop artist and an MC and a rapper and MF Doom is a favorite of mine. So we're going to start with that one first, and then we will get to American shenanigans. <clears throat> so, MF Doom, the supervillain. Uh, oh, man, where to even start? Uh, I guess the mask. You know, we can start with the mask. Folks who don't, you know, I watched kind of the Internet be kind of reintroduced to MF Doom, or folks, you know, who weren't aware of him before, and like, why does he wear a mask? He wears a mask? I saw some idiots on Twitter saying some stuff like that. So let's start with the mask. Um, so the mask really gets into his whole story, right? Um, some success with KMD. Somehow my brain had not connected that that was him on Gas Face. I think I knew it vocally, but, you know, sometimes your brain, like, needs to be jogged a little bit. So, yeah, Gas Verse on Gas Face with Third Base, which is a classic song from, like, 88, and KMD had had some had some good success of, in that period, I believe. Um, and then, unfortunately, his his brother, who was uh, DJ Subrock in the group KMD, um, and kind of you know his rhyme partner, I'm sure you know his you know, his brother. I mean, he grew up with his younger brother, I believe. He, you know, I think he gets hit crossing the street by a car um, and and passes away. They get dropped from their label because of, I think album art on the cover of um, the, the follow-up to their debut. And I think, you know, the com that combination kind of led to him maybe withdrawing and kind of, you know, I think he described it in some interviews as, you know, kind of being maybe, you know, semi-homeless nomadic type of existence. You know, I think it didn't sound like he was really homeless because it sounded like he was checking in with his, you know, his... Um, his family essentially with his with his son and with his um, with the mother of his child and so anyways not that I mean he didn't really go to details I think on in too many of his articles about that that period of his life but I think he you know he was withdrawn he was probably just writing and you know maybe crafting this idea um, somehow it just dawned on me you know somewhere in the last while that like you know Daniel Dumoulet, um like Doom like he maybe somewhere in that period discovered you know. It was in his name. It was already kind of chosen maybe for him. So, you know, he develops Doom. So the character, the mask, the whole idea of being the supervillain 
you know, the mask is emblematic of the entire character. So there's very few times where, you know, I, I read somebody online said like Michael Jackson's glove, um, and maybe, and you know, but there's a few times where there's something that's like, you know, an object that's so tied into somebody's art. And the mask is, you know, he's a different, he's a character. You know, he says he's the writer and the director, you know, of this movie. That's where the, the doom postures come in. He's not even always had to be the actor. He could direct this in a different level. Um, and so the mask represents that, that he's donning this character, that he's, you know, he's, um, it gives him armor, right? It gives you, I mean, masks are, are, are classically historical. I mean, go to like Joseph Campbell's famous works. I mean, you're looking like masks of eternity, you know, we're putting on the mask of God or something timeless or of wrath, or, you know, we can step outside our human constraints if we put on this mask sometimes or apply different constraints to it. So for him, it was the supervillain, um, me and Jarv dropped a song this year called Super Villains, and it really was to kind of pay an homage. It's an, it's an homage to, to MF Doom. We got the, I got the beat from, from Drugs Beats, and it just sounded to me. I said, I, I, this sounds like, like Matt Villain, like just Super Villain. Yeah, I, I want to rap like that. And then and that's where we went with it. And so that was really to kind of, I don't know, to nod to something that's always inspired us. And, you know, if you haven't listened to Doom, you know, start with Mad Villainy, go to, I don't know, go to Mm Food, go to, uh, go to Doomsday, you know, check out the Victor Vaughn stuff, all the uh, special herb stuff. I mean, it's a deep catalog. You will not be, you will not be um, disappointed if you really spend some time with it. There's just, just layers and layers and layers. And so I think the things he, you know, his lineage or his, you know, kind of legacy is is you know the, the his pen his ability to help folks to you know really step into another character but i mean really i think i was going to try to connect these two points you know i was going to talk about doom and unfortunately his passing but also the ridiculousness that happened today i mean doom speaks for what hip hop is you know it's it's kind of the elephant in the room sometimes especially if i'm connecting these issues and the fact that I'm a white rapper, right? So I'm, a, you know, I have this other perspective sometimes, but I can't help but see that MF Doom speaks for the downtrodden, the the underbelly of America, the side of America that is not, oh my God, not given the time of day if they were to try to break into the Capitol, you know? So. Doom is that perspective. I think most Def said, or Yasin Bey said, that he bought the, the Mad Villainy album on vinyl before he had a, rec- had a record player and just stared at the album cover, and he said he felt he understood, I understand you. And, you know, I think, you know, I'm not a black man, but I understand both of their art to a certain degree, and I think, you know, most Def and MF Doom, I am a huge fan of both, and so I'm saying that I think they both represent in different artistic forms some of the same perspective of of black excellence mixed with raw experience and honesty that hip-hop is so absolutely excellent at, that, that it's just unparalleled at, of having an exact, an exacting slice of what America really is. And so if you've listened to a lot of MF Doom, if you've listened to a lot of Most Def or Yasin Bey, if you've taken time with Public Enemy, if you've spent time with Rakim, 
if you understand a little bit of what Cool G Rap was referencing, if you spent time with Nas, you know, even if all you got to you white folks, if all you got to was Eminem and some Mac Miller and some Macklemore, it's on their stuff too. Come on now. You know, have you been not paying attention at all? So the connection of MF Doom to the second part, the doomsday scenario we had today with, you know, these quote-unquote protesters, we'll call this, um, you know, I'm pretty sure Trump literally told them to go into the Capitol. I think he said that last night. He said you should push your way in if they try to not, you know, not, if, if Pence doesn't didn't somehow override the actual votes, if he didn't somehow decertify the votes and, you know, try to create this entire other calamity. If he didn't do that, then he had told this, basically, he literally told this mob of people that they should push their way into the Capitol, which they did. So when you see that and you see them treated in a way that's not greeted with rows and rows and rows and rows of full armored police, that's, you know, I think 13 arrested, and these were, you know, hundreds of people inside the Capitol trespassing, breaking and entering. All, you know, all these are federal offense felonies. And then you see, you know, not the absolute dehumanization that we see in basic protests that are saying, hey, I am a human, I have rights. And these are totally different scenarios, obviously. But to see the police response and to see the way that humans are sometimes absolutely not valued as real breathing entities. And in the other case, to have it be their patriots, that's bananas to me. And I guess the connection I was making it to MF Doom is that he speaks on that. It's part of the black experience. It's part of what he experienced in America inevitably. So I have not ever for a day been black or, or walked a mile in those shoes. But I have been informed thoroughly by the culture that I have become a part of and that has helped to instill in me a sense of what real justice and real and what reality is you know this this false idea of of different versions of facts of alternative you know realities of oh well, you said the crowd was this oh well i actually I actually think it was this like from day one this whole just you know fake news bullshit that trump has been about has kind of resulted in this folks pretending the count doesn't matter like the election numbers matter folks like i've been meaning to do an episode on just math and statistics and how it's not so scary because I, I taught math for a decade plus like it's not so scary and numbers matter you know the data matters you know who won the, the, those counts they matter the runoff mattered so you can't have it sometimes your way, sometimes that, you know, can't, can't have it like sometimes stop the count, sometimes, oh, recount, you, oh, we didn't get what we wanted. That's not how this works. And to watch folks basically kicking and screaming and breaking down the doors and, and to see cops letting them through the, through the, uh, 
through the fences. Like I tend to watch these things on real time through Twitter. Um, Twitter's pretty hot with it. It gets dis- like deleted, you know, within hours a lot of the time. But you can watch kind of the hot feed if you follow the right people, and then once they post, you can follow other people. It's pretty easy to kind of follow the the action. You know, you can see this in all the protests and and things that kind of happen and explode in real time. So I tend to do that. It's kind of it's like hard to look away sometimes. So to watch folks literally break into the Capitol, I mean. It's unthinkable. Guns drawn in the chamber? What? Unbelievable. And uh, and what does Trump do? It's almost the, the, the same as the Charlottesville bullshit. The like, oh, it's good people on both sides bullshit. He's like, tells them to go home, but says, we love you. You're very special to us. What I mean, what a cornball. Like, you're going to go down in history as one of the all-time douchebags you know that 360,000 number that's going to tick up tomorrow or the next day, later this week when we cross that, that next one, you know, it keeps going? That's on your head, bro. You got a fucking data mark, okay? The horrible totalitarian regimes have data behind them. I think Bill Burr has a piece on this or somebody has a piece on this about, you know, dictators and how, you know, I think Stalin killed like 22 million you know, Hitler's just like six point something, seven, something like that. You gonna have a number, bro. It's going to be like 400,000. It's like 360. When you leave office, it's going to be like 365,000. Like, that's what you're going to have. You have a number that's going to hang on your neck. I don't know if you think, I don't know if you realize that or thought that through. That's your major accomplishment. Death. You stupid fuck. And then to add on to it, the kick and the scream out the door. I've been just hoping for a perp walk. I want to see Trump straight perp walked, you know, down whatever, what is that, Pennsylvania Ave? Whatever that is, I want to see straight perp walk. Oh, it'd be beautiful. I mean, it's overdue, right? That's, that's beyond overdue. Anyways, I don't know even what to say about what I saw today, especially in light of what we saw in 2020 in the last, you know, in the last 12 months, you know, Especially in the light of, of us having all these issues. You know, Biden said, I think I watched a little bit of his speech. He said, you know, this isn't us. <laughs> I hate to tell you, bro, this is us. This has been us. I listened to my son's uh, fourth grade lecture on his Google Meet yesterday uh, about the Civil War. 620,000 is the American loss of life in that one. So we're at 357 or something today. So we're getting in that ballpark right? This disgustingly ridiculous, I got to get reelected. So I got to downplay the damn pandemic response bullshit that you deserve every bit of it to hang on your neck for that. Every bit of it. I don't have any amazing words here, folks. I'm, I'm kind of like in shock from what I saw today. I kind of wanted to come to this and do a hot take, but um, my, my brain has thought through doom a little bit more, I had a little bit more time to kind of, to, marinate on that one but this is i'm at like what time is it five six o'clock six o'clock on wednesday and this stuff has been going on all day i couldn't kind of couldn't look away once it started happening i was like what what are, what are they doing and i kind of couldn't look away or wanted to just see what was happening and you know there's certain moments like that that are they're difficult to look away from so i don't even know what to even quite say man it's um yeah it's uh it's a, a wild wild time to be alive 
I kind of keep telling Isaiah it wasn't my son. Uh, I, it wasn't always like this. That <laughs> sometimes it was chill, but then I also tell him that in the 1950s they had kids uh, doing that were prepped in case they saw a flash in the sky. They were ready to lie down if there was you know a bomb drop type thing or a nuclear attack. Like they were prepped for some other stuff too. So you know. These kids have done shooter drills forever. Like I was talking to my son the other day about what it feels like when they do an active shooter drill and how they have to be quiet and they sometimes they have to go. He hated when they went one year they had to go to the bathroom. The back like they had a bathroom in the back of their class, so they had to go there. He's like it was stinky, and it was like he's joking about this. I'm like oh my good, like it's kind of crazy, right? To you know, it's just it's mind blowing. Some of the things that you kind of start to take as a norm in America, um, it's just insane. But to watch this today, Joe Biden said, you know, this is not us. Like, I don't know if you've been watching, Joe, but this is kind of us. We're kind of, we're this. Like, that's who Trump's base, the whole thing was. Have you seen these huge groups of Trump trucks driving around sometimes? I mean, this is kind of who his wheelhouse base is. And you have to somehow govern them, too. You have to somehow be the president for everybody. So I don't know how in the world... We find a way to, I don't know, let our election results be certified and not invade the damn chamber. And, oh, man, the pictures, like, people hanging from the balcony. I think, I oh, the things, I've the pictures, oh, man. Whew, it's a Time Magazine issue right there. Like, you know, when there's, oh, like, one's in the supermarket. It's like a $10 one. It's like the year in pictures. It'll just be that episode of, like, the White House invasion by these idiots. Like, Shoo. All right, I'm going to close with this because these weren't all just idiots like from all over, right? These are Trump's idiots. So this, this idea, this idea of like the facts don't matter, this cult of personality, this taking the right wing shit. I mean, he doesn't even take any of the, the religion shit serious, right? He doesn't take y'all like, it's for the babies. And he delivered on the, uh, the judges. But um, if he had it his way, the judges would let him be in office forever. But he just wants power, but y'all somehow have utilized his ability to kind of say, okay, you need this, I'll get you some judges. All right, cool. I'll, I'll lace all the judges. Um, y'all wanted that, so now he's your guy. So now you've kind of bought into this personality thing. How do you how do you buy out of it? How do you step out of that? How does how do you uh, how do you stop flying your Trump flag and driving around town? When we all know that's just your rebel flag. That's what it feels like to you, right? That's your new rebel flag. I see it. I see you looking all proud with your uh, with your merch on. I bet that shit costs way too much. Ooh, I seen a girl with a uh, "Make America Great Great Again" like uh, toboggan or whatever winter hat, y'all, whatever you call them. Uh, it looked like some nice looking Buffalo Bills gear from like '93, but it was ugh. <laughs> it was terrible. And she looked like she had horrible conversation skills and no chance at. Um, anything in a dating pool outside of that mob. Um, nah, that's mean. Uh, no, nah, it's appropriate. Uh, let's, uh, I don't really have a much of a point today. I was attempting to vent in the mic a little bit about what the crazy shit I saw meant. I don't know what it means. I know it means the police don't give a fuck about black people or brown people. I know the police only care about, um, fuck, it's hard to say that, but white people, it looks like. I mean, I watched it. I watched, I watched life be respected you know actually the trivia i think that I've, i think i've 
maybe talked about this somewhere or not, but like the tricky thing about the term white privilege is it implies that what they happened to them today was a privilege. Like I'm, I'm glad people didn't get killed today. You know, I'm glad that people weren't shot. I'm glad of like, you know, some of the violence didn't happen, but you know, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think that should be a privilege. I think that should, I think black people should be treated like that. But when the reverse point of view is that like, you have to make these folks realize that when black people are pulled over, the guy's got his hand on the gun sometimes. And that's, I guess what I'm saying is that should, it shouldn't be a privilege to have his hand not on the gun. So a lot of folks like myself are saying that's over policing. That's overstepping. That's creating a judge, jury, executioner in one. So it shouldn't be a privilege to not be under duress from that. Although that's the American black experience is to have whole communities under absolute duress and chronic fatigue and chronic um, PTSD and current trauma from law enforcement that's supposed to somehow protect and serve, but really only does it when it makes the most sense to them or when they've been given clear orders that they can exaggerate on. Because today what I saw was like, I guess in, in football, we called it brother-in-law. Like if I didn't go hard against the guy in front of me, like if we kind of took the play off, my coach would just not have that. It would be some expletives dropped and he would call it brother-in-law and like treating him, you know, going soft on him. You go and, and oh man, I seen a rapper. I couldn't find, it. I think he deleted it. A, a rapper friend of mine. I can't remember who, who said it, but like he deleted it quick. Cause I was going to, I think I started to retweet it and then I went back and couldn't find it. And, uh, what'd he say? He said, like he was basically saying, you know, if this looks confusing, it's because the police are the protesters. And that was what summed up to me. It looked like y'all just took uniforms off and then played protester, quote unquote protester, and then y'all just help each other out. Just kind of call truce and let, oh, come on in. I saw full clips of them just letting, you know, letting barricades through. Uh, police letting these terrorists, let's call them that. There's not the right, protest is not the right word. Terrorists. Um, yeah, seditionists, um, secessionists, whatever you want to call it. Like, nah. So, again, I don't really have... <laughs> I wish I had some conclusion to end this nicely with. Uh, the conclusion is this. Listen to more MF Doom, um, because rest in peace to one of hip-hop's all-time amazing, amazing voices, pens, perspectives, uh... Shoo. Let's close on this. Let's close on this because America's a villain. America's full of villains. America might be the super villain, except nah, 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 nah. All caps. MF Doom is a super villain. So, uh -huh. what was I gonna say? Oh, I lost my train of thought because I was like trying to get because I was realizing America is totally a super villain. But you know, the super villain is is the one who who fell. Um, I'm gonna lose my whole train of thought on the podcast. That shit happens sometimes, though. Um, now nah, I was going to say that, uh, basically if you listen to more doom, you'll understand that greed, power, you know, someone's like root core needs <laughs> would tend to trump, oh, there's a pun for you, rational thinking would tend to push you past the good guy choice towards something that's much more, um, self-centered. So... I think sometimes creating a comedic understanding of it through a mask, through a whole character, through a whole catalog, such as MF Dooms, helps you to understand the villainy almost even better 
and with more clarity and maybe more of a sense of humor when it happens in real life because today was some raw all-out villainy on full display and shoo yeah i wish i was a little more articulate with uh with my reflections on what today means um but oh i do oh the other thing that happened today the, the other little thing tucked in there was that georgia went democrat with both senator senators so the house is 50 50 and as soon as um biden gets in there then it'll be tiebreaker harris that's cool so oh I'm not a political consultant or in any way a political dialogue uh, specialist, so uh, I don't really intend to talk too much about the bullshit that is American politics uh, and especially the bullshit that is right-wing craziness uh, and conspiracy. But uh, today it kind of had to be done, so hopefully I peppered enough doom shit in there for y'all folks who who like the rap stuff more. Uh, Much love to all of y'all. Please continue to be safe. Hopefully I also peppered enough um, Corona talk. Um, my wife had the vaccine recently, which is I'm, which I'm fantastically thrilled about. Uh, she'll get the second round sometime before too long. She's trying to find me an extra dose because, you know, <laughs> that'd be awesome. So uh, I'll let y'all know if I uh, end up, you know, data tracked by the government or if the devil jumps out of my chest or whatever fucking stupid reason y'all have for not trusting modern medicine. Um, Nah, I, I'm a I'm a cynic at heart, so I understand cynicism um, for sure. But nah, 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 nah. Um, I ain't trying to be part of the the body count that exists in America because we can't understand how to lock down. I see friends out there at New Year's with no masks, acting the fool. I seen packed parties over and over. Uh, come on, y'all. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? I mean, sorry, the longer y'all do that, the longer the longer my family has to have an active healthcare worker on the front lines. The longer the front lines exist, the more difficult it is when you have a heart attack to get to the damn hospital. Did y'all see the L.A. shit? Is that, that, I guess that's number six on my news list or whatever. Nah, it's, it's, if you have a heart attack in one of these hospitals that's packed with COVID, where are you going? Hope somebody near you knows CPR. Hope is hope CPR is going to keep you alive, which is some of my folks who had that class with me. It's not going to keep you alive. That's a Band-Aid. I used to tell them we're going to learn CPR, but you're not going to magically rescue many folks. You're not going to sit there and do this and bring somebody back. It might keep them alive till the EMTs get here. The thing that keeps people alive in America is the EMT response. If the ambulance doesn't come or get there, then you don't have a chance. That's why some of the neighborhoods in America are rightfully referred to in some of that response time is like a third world or like I would refer to them. I, I taught an EMT class and we talked about uh, wilderness response. Once you're outside of an hour response time where you can get to the ambulance, that's wilderness. You're out there like in a war zone because you're not going to get the, the care you need in time. And so that heart attack, you know, that CPR is going to keep you alive for a certain amount of time, but you need things to break up. You need what nitroglycerin. You need something to break up that clot. You need, you know, oftentimes you need some kind of a shock to get your your whole um, your ECG back just conducting properly. Or your ECG would be the measurement to to see that your heart was conducting properly. I got a lot of whack there. Um, sorry. Um, it's a crazy time in America to see that you know, LA is it basically in like triage mode. You know, that's insane. Like there's a lot of crazy going on 
in America. Um, so, yeah. Okay, that's a lot. I'm gonna let it go. Um, thank y'all kindly. I'm trying to make sense of it. I hope y'all can make some sense of it. Uh, love your families. Tell the people you love most how important they are to you. Find time for yourself amidst this madness. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Find a way to exercise without being around a bunch of people. Please take care of yourselves. Thank y'all.